gym business was all about real estate real estate real estate you could clearly see a trend that people are starting to prefer group exercise in the new age so we decided why not just chuck the gym because mm-hmm. that's the most expensive portion of this what are you building at game theory if i have to put it in a very very short term we are building a video game like experience for real sports okay. what i mean by that is think about any video game where you take your joystick and hit the start imagine that you are in the court and playing that game okay but every other experience outside of it it is so well done by video games that we don't need to reinvent it is it only apply to badminton or uh, what, what what all sports are you covering no, this this applies to any 1v1 2v2 sport right okay uh that may be tennis squash pickleball uh any any racket racket sport uh, predominantly why does this business make sense now why hasn't been this done like 10 15 years back no business across the city and none of these facilities are generating income in the afternoon hours there are people who are free at that point of time there are like you were you've had a tough day you have a, a, an hour gap in the afternoon before lunch or after lunch you just want to go and get again it's impossible today hmm. we are going to make it possible Hi Sudeep. Hi, hi Dilip. Uh thank you for taking your time and uh, coming for this podcast. Uh so people listening and watching doesn't know most about us so we'll make a quick intro. Uh, I'll go first and you can introduce about yourself. Uh hello everyone my name is Dilip. Uh, I've been an entrepreneur uh, and an endurance athlete uh, right now at Rainmatter uh, Health. Uh, I work and uh, engage with startups who are building solutions helping Indians uh, stay healthy, eat right and sleep better. So essentially Rainmatter Health is a venture fund which supports and invests in entrepreneurs and uh, founders who are building solutions in the health and fitness category. And I'm very excited today to have this conversation with Sudeep, uh, founder of Game Theory. Uh, Sudeep has a incredible background uh, uh, in fitness uh, and building startups. Uh, I'll have Sudeep talk about himself. Over to you Sudeep. Yep. Thank you. Thanks Dilip. I think you're already being kind. Uh, but yeah, uh, hi everybody. Uh, my name is Sudeep Kulkarni. Um, uh, although my name sounds Maharashtrian, I'm from Bangalore. Uh, lived here most of my life. Um, I'm an engineer like everybody in Bangalore as expected. But I got into fitness very early. Um, right through my school years, I was I was actually it's been a wild ride. I, right through my school years, I was actually a sports in every sports possible. and then in my college years i got into dancing a complete wow. shift i became a dance instructor and then there on i did a government job quit that and started in a fitness space again and I started a company called tribe which was acquired by cult in 2017 and then post that hopefully from the right learnings that i've had from all these years applying that to now build game theory Yeah. <laughs> Excited Sudeep. Uh, thank you uh, uh, incredible background and a uh, lot to unpack. Uh, and while you were giving an intro intro I was kind of thinking that uh, uh, you had everything in you what an 80s parents don't want their kids to grow yeah, up to. So so there's lot to unpack right into fitness and dance and government job. Perhaps government job is yeah. something what parents wanted their kids to go in. Um but yeah fun. So uh, why don't we start with um uh, your uh, 
introduction to the fitness industry you yeah. like you said you've been an enthusiast yourself you have built a company earlier and again now so let's start with that intro how did it start uh, tribe you were uh, the co-founder what was the journey and now to uh, what you're building at game theory so let's start with tribe yeah sure so when um, when i finished my engineering and got into a government job and i got out of it I actually so you uh, i'm sorry so you you actually got into a government job yeah i did i worked at bharat electronics limited for 2 years guys i wore the uniform every day oh wow so that's mm-hmm. electronics uh, i i'm a mechanical engineer oh, okay. so more to do with enabling electronics through mechanical Um, yeah, so. that that you should be proud of because I, I, uh, yeah. as, as that can be as elite in a government job as it yeah. can be right you were in engineering uh, bhel right so uh, yeah, I, I, yeah bel in fact BEL, and yeah. um, it was some in, incredible projects like sure we worked for the defense so most of bel's contracts are defense primarily and we worked on coastal surveillance system radar system across the indian coast because of the incident that happened in mumbai before that right like i'm talking about 2012 when 2011 when i worked there um so it was a very very cool very interesting project putting up camera optic sensors and radars across the coast of india and having one picture in delhi so that we can identify threats coming across the border or through this uh, through the um See the notion, sir. So that is as exciting as uh, any geeky kid would ever want to be, and uh, uh, I, I'm super curious now. What made you chuck that uh, exciting Star Wars kind of an job to uh, get into where you are now? Yeah. I'm sure even that is even more exciting. But yeah, sure. Uh, I we did this project, and it, uh, that project was over. We actually my. particular project that i was working on was coastal surveillance system for mauritius it was gifted by indian government to mauritius uh then we were moved into india again after finishing that project and we were going to do the same thing all over again mm-hmm. um and that's when i felt you know what i'm going to figure out what to do i had no idea then uh, in fact we had a bond system then i had to pay money back oh, to okay. get out I of the yeah. company yeah. i didn't have another job i just i just knew that i wanted to do something and right through my engineering years i was make i was earning enough salary to sustain because i was a dance instructor at chamakdaur dance company okay so you you yeah. already uh, while as you were growing up in your school and college days you were into yeah. some activity and dance was your activity yeah uh, school was sports okay. uh, but uh, any particular sport I think that that's one of the things that I'm set out to solve the problems that happened with me is because mm-hmm. every few every few months I used to be jumping to a different sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I honestly don't have any pre- pedigree to you know sort of call mm-hmm. out and say that mm-hmm. I was great at this one sport mm-hmm. or I've achieved so much in one sport. But I did a lot of things in different sports. Like it one one time it was skating, winning the state ranking mm-hmm. um, in in roller skating. Mm-hmm. Next it was volleyball as school captain. Then it was Coco at a different point. Then it was cricket. So I kept jumping sports. So you are that. Uh, so you are that sportsman who are good in all uh, sports, but never made into any professional team just yeah. because you couldn't carve yeah. out your speciality. I, 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 and I, and I still feel that I should have stuck on to one sport. Sure. Yeah. Um. Hopefully, with my kids, I'll, I'll be able to. He, he has a playbook now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There is. There is a playbook for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's how. it all started with and then getting into engineering i had a choice to make whether i want to be in running uh, doing dancing or play volleyball for for ms ramaya the the um, engineering school that i went to mm-hmm. uh, and i so decided you were, yeah. so uh, you are essentially making side gigs you are making money while you are in yeah. college you 
uh, as you were a dancer to different uh, yes, shows. Yes, okay. yes, yes. Yeah, we, we did a bunch of dancing. I used to teach classes across the city. Nice. Um, so my first experience with star- fitness started there when I was a- 18, when I started teaching classes. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were all, as part of the company, we, was all, we, were, we did the Reebok aerobics certification. Mm-hmm. And my first hand experience of being on the other side of fitness, till then I was, yeah, I had gone to gyms and tried to stay in shape, but started understanding fitness at the base level. And that's where it started. And uh, what happened after engineering and my job at Bell is that I heard somebody talk about Zumba. Mm-hmm. I was fairly new at the time, talking about 2012. And um, I just looked up what it is. Uh, I had never done a class, signed up for my certification, went uh, certificate course, went in, did my certification. And in a couple of weeks, I was again, started teaching classes. So after a two-year break of not t- teaching anything, not doing anything with mm-hmm. dance or fitness, mm-hmm. I came back to uh, mm-hmm. fitness with Zumba. So I, 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 want, I want you to kind of explain to people, uh, most people know what Zumba is, but others who don't know, yeah. how would you define what Zumba is? It is basically easier steps repeating continuously. Mm-hmm. Um, and the whole idea is that can you dance for an hour continuously? That is essentially becomes your workout. Okay. Okay. So, so it's a, a, a it's a dance in disguise of a workout? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I've never been, uh, I, I've seen uh, uh, Zumba in uh, on TV and other digital medium. I've never... Uh, experience yeah. it myself yeah but uh, seems like you've had a lot of yeah. fun so maybe you should uh, offline give me some Zumba tips but yeah <laughs> yeah I'll stop now and yeah uh, keep going back to it every now and then it's, it's very addictive too um, but yeah so this happened and I started teaching classes across the city hmm. there was one particular day which, which got me thinking a lot more there was a 2000 square feet gym and a 10 sorry 2000 square feet group exercise class with a 10000 square feet gym attached to it right and the gym had all these equipment crores of investment into it but this studio was nothing just flooring and nothing else i was teaching classes and i had 40 people in this class and the gym had about 10 people right the since the gym business was all about real estate real estate real estate you could clearly see a trend that people are starting to prefer group exercise in the new age fitness formats. Okay. And this is which years? What what timeline? Again, 2012. Okay. Yeah. And uh, you could you could sense that, you know, now with the new age group group fitness formats, there were people willing to adapt to new formats like these. And there were a few other formats which have had established at that point of time. Then, so we started thinking about this very deeply, looked ar- around for more information about, you know, what are these trends? What is catching up in the fitness space? How are people participating? Started looking, do, doing a lot of research in, at, at different gyms in the pretext of taking classes, going and figuring out what is happening. That was market research. Yeah, it was. I used to get paid for that market yeah. research. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we, we did a lot of these uh, things and I, I sort of understood that there was this clearly establishable trend mm-hmm. that people now prefer group exercise fitness okay. given a choice. But if you look around, there was hardly any choice for them in an established setup. And as being, uh, we don't we don't come from affluent families. Uh, me or my partner Shwetambri, uh, who started tribe uh, with me, uh, we don't Shwetambri Shetty. Yeah, Shwetambri okay. Shetty. So we don't come from great affluent families that we could put in crores into a, a business like this. Uh, we weren't seeking for investment. So, but so we decided why not just check the gym? Because mm-hmm. that's the most expensive portion of this. That's the crores of investment that goes into it. Why don't we create a center which has just group exercise? Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe it was very new at that point of time too, but uh, 
when we set that up it we set it up at a much much lower cost we set it up in indranagar and it was it was great it was very successful although there were people who used to come and ask us where is the treadmill and be like there is no treadmill right mm-hmm. there were equipment how can be wrong that there's no machinery but mm-hmm. there's still barbell and things like mm-hmm. that so we combined a bunch of different group exercise program and created tribe okay and uh, that is something that we ran for 3 years okay. from then on and i i do believe that we were fairly successful at operating we had expanded to more centers we were at 3 4 centers by the time uh, by, by then it was 20, 2017 mm-hmm. um when cult acquired us so that's the, till that point is what great. Yeah. yeah i mean yeah i feel uh, that's a great achievement to for um uh, as young and you you ran it for what three four years three yeah totally four years yeah, yeah to in, in an industry which has been largely conventional yeah. uh, you know which hasn't seen much of uh, uh technology adoption assets to get in fairly young with yeah. no background or pedigree to kind of having yeah. learned fitness industry and uh getting acquired by a cult which uh, now seems to be you know one of the most well known brands uh, that's a great achievement uh, congrats for you to kind of uh, build uh, and have that milestone uh talk to me about uh, that process like once uh, when the acquisition happened what was the format like i mean did they come and talk to you you went and talked to them how did all that that come up i think at that point of time uh, it it happened together them coming to us and we going to them uh, because we were thinking at that point of time that we can scale this okay. what we had built in terms of the group exercise format um more or less a version of cult is what what was in our heads at that yeah. point of time um but we knew that it required a lot of capital to expand uh, at least early on to hire the right, right sort of people the right now if you look at cult if somebody has to start a different cult um, there's at least set amount of things that people know yeah. and we were not we started tribe as a passion project right and mm-hmm. which we knew we could do well because of certain factors that were leading to that at that point of time but it wasn't like that we started that you know this is going to be a multi million dollar business and that's the whole goal of setting this up right so um during that process i think we we were starting to look out and at that point of time we were slightly more mature in our heads about where the business should go uh, but we were also very tired of operating the same thing over and over again sure um so at that point of time we reached out for funding and then they reached out saying hey we just started this company we're trying to figure out the fitness vertical um why don't we look at just acquiring you instead of funding you um that's where it started and for me i had mentally progressed in terms of looking at how people perceive fitness and what was happening to it i had seen trends with like, similar to what trends i saw early on with group exercise i believe i could i could kind of correlate them that now i saw that whatever we did to make people excited about exercising the excitement was there they we could get numbers in but the ex- excitement didn't last long enough mm. or very long mm. it was 3 months 4 months at best mm. and and then they would drop drop off again and i'm talking about 12 15 different types of group fitness programs happening under tribe i we did crossfit we did i was a crossfit coach so uh, i was teaching classes as well so i could see what was happening and crossfit was something that was at least more sustainable like people stuck around a little longer but rest of the programs we used to always see drop offs up to 2 to 3 months yeah. while they were still pay uh, for a year when when they would join and uh, so i i sort of mentally started moving away from the idea that 
fitness is something that i want to build on for a long term because of these factors and my head started moving towards what is better uh for a sustainable you know kind of people motivate get get people motivated into staying active long, longer right. and that's that led me to game theory then excellent no so we'll get to game theory but staying at uh, the try uh, to cult transformation and then therefore game theory so so before cult came and acquired you you were a bootstrapped uh, company right yeah you're totally bootstrapped the founders yeah. put in money yes. and some some operations so that business is mostly run where you operate on customers money so customers come pay for membership monthly yes. or annual whatever packages you have and you basically rotate that and you run that business so at that point of time what were your numbers like like what kind of revenue run rate were you doing we were doing on an average about 13 to 14 on an average month 13 uh, to 14 lakhs a month okay. in that particular facility but when you when you center yeah one okay. one okay. one center there were of course there's a jan uh, you know yeah uh, jan spike yeah, 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 yeah huge yeah, spike yeah. which was about 21 22 to okay. 25 lakhs okay. Uh, okay for the for a month okay. yeah so as a founder someone who is uh, operating uh and i'm i'm, I'm sure even back then uh, while you were doing you were young probably in your yeah. early 30s uh doing a conventional business and uh, uh running it when peers most peers are perhaps at the same numbers or maybe slightly more or high uh did you feel that at that point of time there is this massive opportunity which is untapped for you and had you got maybe some kind of an external funding you could go out and uh, build that out or you feel that that's what the maximum potential you could do based on what the market trend at that time was and what about the scenario were there in that format i, I think it was a function of evolution of that thought right mm-hmm. when we started this business that business it wasn't so much about we need to grow this to 50 centers or 10 centers okay. the financial reaping the financial like you were saying it was that. a passion project for you yeah, yeah. Um, it it was something we saw it as a, as a great business because at, by the end of it although you know we had created this where we were striving to get more and more and be more people exercising and uh, we were not 100% hitting those numbers but we were way better than the rest of the businesses which were catering to the same need right so that that point of time we started thinking hey we are doing better than most other in servicing this customers need should we be expanding this and should we be getting to multiple people and touching more people's lives and helping them get their fitness goals that was the thought that came up and that's how we started thinking about okay expanding now we we need to raise capital but if i was an investor today in that company with that me at that age i probably wouldn't invest in me because i don't think i was as equipped uh, to you know to execute and how hard it would have been to execute to grow to the numbers that that is would would have been the dream at that point of time right so so yeah i think uh, that is why also um i think um, we didn't move as fast to expand or to raise capital um so yeah if you if you are looking for a point blank answer to say that is if you had more capital to expand what would you what would you think i think today me says don't take the capital run what you run do. what you would that that, pace. that yeah. time maybe the youth energy i'm not mm. that old that i was in of course 25 years yes. not we have to make sure and we keep validating that <laughs> yeah. he's still very young yes, yes. yeah um, so um, at that point of time yeah out of uh, yeah if, I, i did try to raise capital but uh, it was harder for a business like that okay um yeah it is 
I, I kind of think I'm on I'm on a trend of creating something radical, which is harder to fund yeah. by itself. Yeah, yeah. but but yeah. yeah. In retrospect, I think the people who say no then probably should regret because you already got one exit. So, uh, when we talk about game theory, that's a good plug for yeah. uh, if they're investors watching yeah. and listening, they should probably reach out to Sudhi because you never know when uh, he's going to give you the next exit. He's already done that. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, yes. <laughs> yeah. No, that's fantastic. So, um, so yes. I mean, I want to kind of g- get to game theory, but uh, let's talk about the transition from tribe to cult. So, did you hang around? Uh, you know, were you with them? What were you building? What was the transition about? Um, no, I didn't. I didn't uh, hang around. I didn't uh, participate. There was conversations that we had early on about whether I will be joining them. Um, but uh, my uh, partner Shwetambari was very clear that she would be. Uh, joining them and sort of build out her, her passion. Her life has been fitness and pretty evident sure, now, yeah. right? Um, so uh, I had decided that at that point of time that I want to move out to build something else again. So even um, with the acquisition, my choice was always that, you know, from the beginning, mentally, it was that move out, uh, build something else uh, all over again. I think there was a certain amount of maturity also that came uh, with building one company and seeing it to the end. And now I thought I was wiser at that point of time. I don't know if I still am, but I probably might feel after this startup that I'm a little more wiser than I was before. And then I didn't do things right the first time. So yeah, it felt that I could build something new all over again. And Mm -hmm. the choice was always to go out and build uh, stuff. Yeah. Okay. So so that was built into your whatever acquisition term sheet that you... uh, I mean, whatever yeah. it's on the table you take and then you basically move out and yeah. do yes. the next thing. Yes. Awesome. Let's talk about game theory in brief. Uh, so uh, if if you want to, uh, so, so the audience, I'm assuming, uh, watching and listening are uh, people who are sitting on the fringe to say, I'm going to get fit. People who are already doing some form of fitness activity, uh, they're watching and listening this while they're driving to their office or they're sitting at home, uh, watching it on YouTube. And maybe investors who are potentially looking at like, what are the interesting companies building. So for all of them, in short, uh, what are you building at Game Theory? If I have to put it in a very, very short term, we are building a video game-like experience for real sports. Where everything around playing sport will be like a video game, but the sport itself will be on a real, the game itself will be on a real sport. What I mean by that is think about any video game where you take your what do you call jo- joystick? Yeah, yeah. Jo- joystick and hit the start. Imagine that you're in the court and playing that game. Okay. But every other experience outside of it, it is so well done by video games that we don't need to reinvent it. So that's how we think about it. And there are reasons why we are going on thinking about it. Yeah. So I, I'm sorry, I have to stop here. We'll yeah. get into the uh, uh, the philosophy uh, behind what and why you're building sure. uh, game theory. But I like the fact that uh, you didn't throw in uh, words like augmented reality and uh, virtual reality because the moment start people thinking immersing video games and real life that's what you know you're exposed to uh, but I, I i just want to make it even more simpler if you can and uh, uh, kind of zero down on uh, any particular sport let's say if i play badminton sure. uh, and i'm a badminton enthusiast sure. uh, uh, why should i Look up game theory. What is it in for, for me? Yeah, so two phases. Uh, first phase, uh, essentially, I will I will talk about the current and now what what game theory is doing. 
um we are in the process of still continues to continue to build this experience which we should uh, probably three four months away from but in three four months away if you were to look, why would you look up um game theory for to play badminton is simply this um it is a lot of mental load for you to go and play games these badminton games these days you probably play with your friends first circle of friends uh three to four people the odds of them being similar to your skill level aren't that high it's right at the mean of 50 percent um so you treat it as a fun activity it is not a game it is okay i'll go have burn some calories and come out of yeah. it you sweat out yeah yeah but um the idea of sport for an activity or sport by itself is meant to be in a competition or some sort of competition which which everybody goes into with when they meet people of similar skill level right the challenge today is that a you have to f- reach out to five people and then b you don't have that network to reach out to five people of similar skill level so it's so hard for you today you are going to message five people you are going to then say five o'clock somebody will say six o'clock then somebody will say seven o'clock you're going to go crazy figuring out a schedule in the first place and then going to, you're going to go make a booking right this is your this is your way to do it right now and you are the initiator of that thought to play for another five people right if you were to re- really make it easy and the 21st century way if i may put it it has to be click up a button and you right. end up on your court mm. right and you get the ge- best games possible and how does that happen so there are you need to meet people of similar skill level to play with mm-hmm. otherwise the game is not intense enough mm-hmm. if the person is if the uh, opponent is really good and you are not that great it's going to be boring for you and them right and vice versa right so you need to meet people of similar skill level for it to become something that you want to do regularly mm-hmm. that doesn't happen today and skill level is something very subjective what level are you at, at badminton uh, i i'm very very bad uh, i should not even attempt uh, i mean i i i used to feel that and i'm uh, this is not a good way to say that when i used to play with my brother uh, I, i thought that i probably one of the best guys but then very soon when i started looking left and right i realize i'm nowhere so yeah badminton for me if if you give a scale of 10 probably would be 2 3 yeah it is so subjective right yeah because if i have not met much better players than me mm. i think i'm great which sure. is what the cycle that you're talking about sure. so if i'm to self rate and say that i'm at the skill level and i'm going to play with dilip and you rate yourself the same we are going to be we are not probably going to be in the of the same level at all because mm. it's very very subjective mm. so that is where game theory comes in mm-hmm. to figure out your skill level by making you play in courts and measuring that okay and then matching you with people of similar skill okay. so that you don't have to do that figuring out about your skill level is because that's a percentile function sure it's not it's right. not absolute. so so i'm going to uh, i'm going to do my bit and uh, kind of uh, uh, summarize this speech if i had to go and tell my friends about game theory tell me whether i overdid or underdid sure. is that hey if you think about playing badminton any moment of time fire the app of game theory click login and just decide the court you want to go yeah. uh figure uh, when you kind of grade your skill yeah. show up on time yeah. uh don't worry about your racket don't worry about your shoes yeah. uh you will find your partner standing there yeah. uh and you would have a fun time in intense uh, game 
and you're going to come back that's later. right is that how right. interior is minus the rate your own skill oh okay yeah. okay <laughs> that will do it for you oh also yeah. so and that happens uh, pre game or post game uh, so if you are the first time user then there is a way we do it oh, okay but if you are if you play once and then multiple times interesting we have a smart code technology which is right. the core behind all of this experience interesting because of which we will be able to figure out your skill level excellent so you but so first time you it's a subjective way where you say what your skill is and then when you show up you have a data approach where you're going to grade the skill of the person so that the next time when the person goes up he is matched with the right yes, skill that's excellent correct. now tell me is it only applied to badminton or uh, what, what what all sports are you covering no, this this applies to any one we want to we to sport right okay uh that may be tennis squash pickleball uh, any any racket racket sport uh, predominantly are one we want to we do uh this is the phase that we are in again right now mm-hmm. um we look at sport as one we want to we do or a team sport or individual sport right individual being running cycling swimming um the rest being football the team sports um, so we are focusing currently on the one we want to we do okay so it would work across Okay. any of the one we want to we do sports so when you say one we want to do you essentially mean people who play in team which is two people uh, yeah. against each other or one person against each other okay. which is largely badminton squash table tennis uh, yeah tennis uh, tennis yeah. all of that right so as of now what all sports are you covering we are covering badminton primarily okay. and swimming and swimming yes how does this apply in swimming uh it doesn't in the same way mm-hmm. um there is a smart technology that we are looking we are building on mm-hmm. for swimming as well swimming is a easier thing to grade mm-hmm. because it is you versus yourself in mm-hmm. most of the times so you are going to swim x meters in so much distance of time so you don't need to find a partner there mm-hmm. but there is an element of gamification to drive you to play more okay so if we if we take a step back and look at it from afar what are we trying to do with all of this technology and why are we trying to build this the idea here is how do i get you to play more okay. right uh, how do i get you to stay more active whether that is swimming whether that is badminton football tomorrow whichever other sport so and and the connection between video games and this I, let me explain where it comes from you agree video games are addictive I've never played, so I guess it has to be because I see okay. people complaining it's addictive to them. Okay, we at least we know PUBG is addictive, right? It is yeah. the right set of video games. So, what happens in PUBG is that there is an element of competition induced, hmm. right? What happens in PUBG is that I go to a go click a button and I find people maybe in Malaysia or wherever else um, who are of equal skill as me, right? We form a team or maybe not form a team. I play one v one, two v two, whatever it may be, or in a team. but i'm competing most of the time right that competition makes the game more important to me mm-hmm. than is okay let me spend like the the this uh, the parallel if i have to draw is if i have to go and stay active or burn some calories mm-hmm. uh, so i'll go and play a couple of games but when i get into the competitive element or play with equal skill level the game itself becomes more important to me than just the idea of playing staying active mm. so i want to play more because i want to get better at the sport mm. and i have fun playing the sport mm. than alba bunfi calories mm. right so the all of this after the competitive side of it and then the gamification thereafter mm. right, for me to tell you that you are this rank you are this badge here's your highlights in your profile somebody else come and challenges you or you are in a league you are in a leaderboard all of these things which get rewarded continuously done fantastically by video games we want to create that 
to push you to play more okay okay right. so essentially uh, what we call it in the technology what is that you're essentially gamifying the sporting yes. experience which can lead you to be more physically active and therefore uh, kind of reach your um, yes. stay healthy fitness uh, yes. goals yes. right 100%. so right now you're doing it with uh, badminton uh applying it in a unique way to swimming yeah. uh and you see this it could apply to any other one is to one two is to two uh, yeah. uh game which is all the most of the court games and so right yeah. um so in your experience and kind of related right do you think the same psychology of gamification apply in a large widely uh, you know consumed sports like cricket and football i mean what's the parallel you have seen in sports act sporting activities like those to these activities in in comparison with yeah. what we are doing yeah. with badminton yeah see at the end of the day it is it is personal i'm sorry yeah. I'm, what i'm trying to understand is that in cricket and football you're not trying to gamify you're trying to learn the skill to get better so that you can hit more goals or you can save more goal on cricket your idea is to kind of you know hit the ball or get the wicket uh, so there isn't that gamifying experience as what probably it's in uh, badminton right i'm uh, so i'm just trying to try draw the parallel that people also play cricket yeah uh, but it's more skill driven and the metrics are very defined like how many shots do you play how many wickets you take in football how many goals you make uh, what are the parallels you have seen between what you're trying to build in the sport line to those established uh, sports and or at all, if at all there are any parallels um there there are a lot of parallels and uh, i i i started to disagree with that the there are established side of the stats that exists in mm. in cricket and football and not in uh, this this these other sports like badminton tennis squash here also stats exist yeah no of course it's, yeah, I mean, it's yeah, just that it's here there is the team becomes a unit mm. here individual becomes a unit or that two players becoming so he's driving the yeah. stats all by himself yeah mm. so here the team is driving the stat together but there is individual stats here as well mm. just like in a 2v2 badminton game mm. right doubles badminton game uh, it's very similar in that sense because ultimately user as a person or a player always focuses on themselves as their game mm. so even in badminton they are looking to improve even yes. in cricket they are looking to improve mm. and improvement comes from the fact that i play better games mm. right or i learn learn future new newer things so improvement with respect to cricket football is very very similar across this. so parallels exist to a higher degree than this but it's slightly more challenging with football like how do i figure out skill, skill level if you're a midfielder and tomorrow you're a forward sure <laughs> that's slightly more complex but yeah so the the reason also to start with badminton is it's, it's slightly more easier to do that so the, the parallels probably are not as clear to me yet mm. because we've not gone so deep into football or cricket yet yes we can do the basic level of gamification played so many shots i can give you stats and everything else around your game but what more like how do i measure your skill level because i'll be again if you if you think about it i again come back to this because i want you to have access to as many games as possible of your skill level mm-hmm. if you don't do that then you, the motivation to stay active reduces sure right again you go back to the whole cycle of finding people and stuff like that which we are trying to solve for right so Uh, it's it's harder but badminton's easier that's why we're getting into it and we'll, we'll okay yeah no i get that yeah. i mean so badminton could be a starting point for you and yeah. then you probably kind of build upon that yeah. um 
So, uh, so this is a pattern which I'm seeing. Like, so you started off uh, in the in the quote unquote conventional fitness space, right? Yeah. Uh, CrossFit, gym, uh, and now sports, right? Uh, uh, and uh, I think largely the uh, anchor here is, uh, which I'm trying to understand, is that how can you make more people move most of the time, right? right? You stay active. Yeah. It's not largely to become a great, uh, you know. Uh, I mean, getting to Indian national team for uh, badminton or swimming national teams. Right? Although you might be coaching people at yes. young age, kids can come uh, yes. supposed to yes. your academy and uh, get trained. Uh, and you were telling me uh, earlier also that this is largely for people in a certain... So what age category are you targeting, by the way? Typically, Who's your primary customer now? So uh, there are two sets of primary customers mm. for us. Because there are two different products with that, that we deal with at uh, physical facilities, right? Uh, one is people who come in and play. This is mostly adults. Mm. The age category is between, most average is between 25 and 35. Okay. Uh, then the second category is for coaching, which is sports education. Mm. Um, is uh, that, that that is between five and eight sure. or five and nine. Yeah. So early kids uh, yes. who are coming yes. and getting learning, right? Uh, so the the first category, what you said, which is since yeah. 25 to 35, and I assume probably if we uh, stretch a bit, it could be even 40, yeah. uh, right? So that age category is largely doing or engaging in this sporting activity to stay fit, essentially, right? To yes. burn calories and sweat and also at the same time have fun. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, what I'm trying to get through is that from conventional fitness, which is walking to the gym, yeah. which is more uh, intrinsic, right? Yeah. You have to have that motivation to get up and say, I want to stay fit, I want to exercise, and therefore you go into a gym and then you realize it's fun yeah. because of the format there and you kind of innovated the uh, the new curriculum around, uh, you know, group format. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, two sports right now, right? Um, which, which between this movement of yours, um, what's largely been uh, one or two common uh, touch points in terms of problem solving where you realize it existed in the conventional fitness space also? It exists even now in the sporting space also. Because you're try, trying to get the same people move. Yeah, yeah. So I think the, the biggest commonality that exists is that there is a high intent of staying staying active. Okay. To stay active, right? Between this age group of 35 to... 40, yeah. Across the age group. 40, sorry. Uh, mm. not, that, that is our average case. Oh, but okay. if you look at the stretches, the, the end of it, it's between 20 and uh, 52. Sure. Um, there are people who come in and play who are 60, 65 as well. Mm. Um, so, across the ba the bandwidth, people are looking to stay active. So, why, why do people take up gym membership or, or what is the trigger to get into a gym, right? Um, if you see the successful ones, mm -hmm. the thought process always has been uh, a transformation to a date. Mm -hmm. And when you set an end date mm -hmm. in your head, that's not a lifestyle change that you're going to make. So it's going to get boring at, at after that sure. date. It's a sure. milestone driven. Yeah. It's a milestone driven. So it's going to be very hard for you to sustain for a long-term period. Like uh, the most amount you see January, because now I'm going to get fit, fit by March or yeah. whatever else. Um, the others you see is wedding time. Like so many people pick up gym memberships three, four months before the wedding trying to stay active. So the goal-based ones are actually not lifestyle changes and super hard to make lifestyle changes because gyms or fitness, the way it is perceived today in the in, in exercise formats is a boring activity. 
it's repetitive it's hard mentally because your only focus is on that activity sure sports is different in that sense that i am doing something i'm running to that ball or shuttle not because i'm thinking oh man come on i need to run to that ball now you will go there no matter what that's where the competitive element changes everything here yeah. that's where sport changes everything yeah. because you are trying to get you are not trying to exercise you're getting exercise as a by product sure people start this activity also as i want to stay in shape or, or or move and burn calories there is a transformation or a switch that happens with most people under certain conditions and these conditions are meet, meeting equally skilled players and that is the trend that we have seen in different facilities across bangalore right and um, what we see is that they start people start and they meet they happen to meet uh, people of similar skill level in the same place mm. they connect form a whatsapp group mm. and then on the game becomes more important and what is the evidence of it many of these people pick up by, uh, coaching sessions personal coaching session with the coaches by paying 12000 rupees mm. right which has not happened in for i'm talking about adult coaching right what you think why yeah. do adults need coaching when that all they're having is calorie burn because the game has become more important mm. than the fitness itself now fitness right. becomes a by product so no more no longer thinking about it and that is a great way to stay active yeah. right yeah, yeah no I, i i so i can i can uh, uh, agree to that because one of the uh, patterns i have observed because my primary event for me is running uh, running is a format where i try to stay healthy and fit i've seen two two observations where one someone is already running in a certain city he might be part of a certain r- local running group or yeah. club which is mostly around whatsapps and now when they move around to a different city or within the city when they move around locations uh and they are early in their phases of uh running journey uh and they are not f- able to find a company that streak or that uh activity what was uh regular for them get yeah. fizzled out right yeah. on the contrary so that i can understand when you say that you know they're not able to meet and in running specifically it is not about skill it's about can i find a company who can run with me at yeah. a certain pace yes right at the same time i also seen people who if they are lucky to get a good running group and they are consistent largely because this group is meeting every alternative day or every weekend when the group runs mostly happen and week on week when this consistency builds up Yeah. they become really good at it and then now they talk about performance what you're saying but yes. for now yes. then uh, the the bar moves from just hey i'm doing running to stay fit to hey how good yeah. improved runner i can be yeah. so the metric is how fast can i run yeah and that's something which has applied to me and i've seen people around me following the same process so i so that part i understand but how do we solve that because that's that's a age old problem in uh, and i'm talking this in very specific specific to uh, the um, age groupers uh, yeah. you know people who are between 25 to 40 uh, yeah. not who are trying to train professionally right uh, that's a age old problem both in fitness because like you say january people sign up and couple of months they didn't show up footfalls are down in gyms and that's happening again uh, in uh, sports so i want to kind of merge both and base on your experience because you spend considerable time in the fitness yeah. industry yeah. what what are the ways do you think those problem can be solved both in the sports space because you're doing playing the sport to stay fit or else in the conventional fitness space i think we can talk about fitness first because i think the only program um which kind of gotten close to solving this was crossfit mm-hmm. and, and the reason i say that is 
um this is something that i learned out of crossfit observing that is uh, there were infinite amount of challenges mm-hmm. and there was a competitive environment every single day uh, so a lot of my thoughts are shaped from people's behavior in my own classes when i used to teach uh, to understand how were people like why are people sticking around like people stuck around for 3 years completely from day one to day the end uh, last day of of tribe and the reason was that these these two things always stood out infinite challenges and uh, the of course infinite challenges and that means the effort to reward also was part of that like okay. it could be a mental reward it's a physical reward like mental reward was the most important thing like i got a handstand today and okay. posted on social media i want to send it to all my friends there was a lot of reward if these challenges stopped the reward stopped um and and there is there is competitive element like in class every workout is scored right or timed how many reps did you do everybody goes on the board sure. and write stuff that i did 50 reps or 60 reps whatever that competitive element was always there and these set of situations also formed the community mm-hmm. we can't put people on a group and call it a community mm-hmm. right um if if i have to do apply all of these things in sports today and we know that for a fact that these are the conditions that have led to repeat usage forming of community and that competitive element which drove repeat utilization in the mm. fitness space i think it's uh, when i look at sports because the the activity itself is i mean that is a boring activity who likes to do 20 push ups and 30 thrusters and 45 pull ups and things like that right but here a game is a game everybody loves doing that but if i apply those same set of situations here in sports you mean in sports and and, and uh, how, how can we then push or get create this community of people who are competing within each other where now there is a switch that has happened from hey i come here for exercise to hey i come here for a game and who am i going to beat next right i want you to think what is my skill score 1150 how going to how going to make it 1155 who do i play with right those are situations which are rewarding to you mm-hmm. mental reward mental rewards which we spoke about it can be done in so much so many different ways badges Uh, the entire uh, points badges leaderboards uh, things which uh, gamification talks about um all of those things are sort of feeding into one of these elements mm. but most important is that competitive element i mean we, I've, i've i've been asked questions that are really people that competent they don't want to play nationals competition does not mean i want to play nationals have you seen on the road you drive and somebody is driving next to you look give him a look and drive past and they're going to try and overtake you yeah everybody is inherently competitive mm. everyone is it's just that they choose to compete at their own level which they think they can achieve not at a far level you can't ask um somebody uh, to play pv sindhu now and think that oh we're setting we're setting up a competition it has to be their same skill level and then you see what happens like you try a runner who runs at your speed uh, try running with you in a sort of sense of competition you see what's going to happen your performance is going to be uh, much better yeah no i i get it so no you're right because uh, uh, for example for me uh, when i'm so i mostly train solo i run solo but uh, i've always wondered that if i had gotten someone to uh, do my hard on the days when i do hard train because they are very hard runs yeah. right if i have some company i probably would have been a notch faster yeah. uh, i would have been better yeah. because then i have someone but the challenge is uh, 
uh, how do I find someone at my pace? Yeah. And I wish, uh, you know, uh, some, someday you get to solve that problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Although I have some ideas which you talk <laughs> offline, but but it's a genuine problem because, uh, uh, I mean, I am wired differently, but when I talk to other people, I've seen that now, as you have to keep improving your bar yeah. in the sport, the training becomes hard. And when training becomes hard, it's although running people say it's a solo sport, but I, I truly believe it's also a team sport because it's it's stemmed around teamwork, right? Yeah. Uh, if you can get company, it just becomes even more productive. It yes. becomes all, all the more efficient and it gets better. It, it finds the best of you. Yeah. So I totally get it, right? I mean, that finding the person, uh, even in a solo sport like running, can get the best version out yeah. of you and it would make all the more lot of sense in that one is to one, two is to two format where yeah. you find a skilled person and you get there. Um, I want to, uh, yeah, I mean, so it seems like you're trying to solve a big problem yeah. uh, and CrossFit uh, to me uh, looked like the 20th century product innovation, process innovation yeah. in a very old format. Uh, and uh, I'm very excited to see what you guys will build for uh, uh, the, in the sports space because yeah. largely uh, sports has been again fairly defined in terms like you hold a racket you hit you hold a bat you kick the ball yeah. uh, but yes bringing that element into an age group where mostly people are adopting that activity or sport to stay yeah. healthy uh, I think uh, if someone can crack that can unlock huge opportunities yes. and which I'm sure you're writing on your uh, uh, pitch deck and slides yeah. and you're going to talk about. So let's talk about game theory a little yeah. more. So uh, yeah. when did you guys start? Uh, how big is the team now? Yeah, we started in 2019 okay. and a few months in, you know, sports was non-existence, at least recreational sports or anything to do with gyms and recreation were shut down, right? With And so we kind of started, stopped, uh, tried to do something else and came back to it post-pandemic. Uh, so in although our registrations would say 2019, uh, in reality it's it's 2021 okay. uh, where we really started uh, doing things. Um, so uh, we we are totally now uh, nine of us centrally. Okay. Uh, we do operate uh, facilities, sports facilities as well, um, which are not owned by us, but we operate them. And these facilities we have about to totally about 30 people uh, all in all. Uh, so we were. 30, 35 people all together uh, in within on our payroll right okay. now. But yes, we, we differentiate the centrally and the center staff. Center meaning the facility staff and centrally us who operate all the centers, nine of us and all. So, so can you talk a bit about this execution model of yours? Like, uh, you know, at a macro level, uh, I think it's, it's understood now that what is the consumer experience? I want to kind of delve in. Uh, at a execution and operation level, uh, what's your model? How do you kind of go in and get these centers? Because yeah. you're not owning these centers, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So um, for that, for to fully understand that, you also have to understand what is happening in the current sports space, right? Like, what are your options today to go and play? Uh, it's a pick up a sport of badminton. Um, there are about uh, 558 badminton facilities in Bangalore. Yeah. Looks like you have all on your list because you're very precise. It's 558. <laughs> I don't know if recently a few of them are uh, new, new ones. In the morning, someone has opened, but uh, <laughs> till yesterday evening, it's 558. Yeah, but uh, so, yeah, these these uh, these are not in clubs or non-accessible to people. You don't need fancy memberships to get into these. Those are separate. Those are not in apartments or societies. These are private facilities where you, anybody can go pay a certain amount and 
book for an hour and play and what is the category of people who own these facilities right it's mostly not companies it's it's completely unstructured uh, it is owned by individuals who are passionate about sport who have some other job or some kind of work and they set this up uh, this badminton court by putting a shed and putting wooden flooring and these nets and lights and that's all it takes in in reality and um, they have one person to operate that center right um, who is sort of housekeeping sort of operating the facility um and all of these facilities sort of struggle to operate the right way if you look at the quality around across these facilities um the the management and day to operate day to day operations in most cases are not run pretty well so so that's where we come in and this also the the side effect of that is the revenues and what kind of revenue capacity of these facilities are not being met so that leaves a huge gap at least a 30 40% gap in each of these i mean in in margins available that means we can ideally when we look at e- each of these facilities we see that the revenues can easily be 2x mm-hmm. in one one and a half year time right uh, on a month on month basis and therein lies the margin uh, for us so we go in and take up these facilities on a fixed b basis or a revenue share basis in whatever format it works and uh, we usually we we don't own any of the facilities but in most cases we operate them mm-hmm. either de- through a franchise partner who comes in if there are improvements to be made in the facility we go to our partners we have a, a list of partners and uh, where we tell them to invest in that they own the center they sign the center then or purchase it out and then we operate and we take a revenue share okay uh, for for our technology and operation expertise and generating demand uh, sops on coaching managing coaching and everything else right so this model um, i understand there are um, multiple uh, ways of executing so there are some players in the space who are doing uh, managed venues right yeah. so they completely take the ownership uh, and they manage it uh, by themselves the others a uh, slight uh, variation from what you would be doing is that they take it from the owner and they'll guarantee them a certain income and then they manage everything yeah. on top of it yours uh, is i think a little more uh, nuanced in the sense that you also do that but at the same time uh, you also have an investor partner yes. like you call a franchisee partner and they come in uh, and then you further revenue split from them yeah. right so largely what uh, so as a business what's happening is there's a consumer offering what you're doing which is making people um stay active yes uh, help them uh, play the sport they like and have fun with it we are yeah. building cool technologies uh and at the the supply side you have these uh, centers which are where where you creating more revenue earning opportunities for these owners of these yeah. centers and making them perhaps more efficient yes right yes. uh why does this business make sense now why hasn't been this done like 10 15 years back yeah. why now it's a great question um it has been tried before mm-hmm. um in the way it has been done uh there 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 lies the problem right and uh, and according to me the problem of sports is not getting solved anywhere or being attempted to be solved anywhere what is that problem is skill based matchmaking go back again to that right because one click you should be able to play a game without which you don't have the mental space to figure out all of these things you will instead buy a gym membership and 
not go right um, how do we solve this is the problem this problem by taking up more and more facilities will that problem get solved um, i don't think so yes there is a, there is money to be made in facilities but if that 50% delta happen at these facilities question marks mm. right there might be a 20% delta by operating it better mm. plus if we are looking to solve for the masses we don't foresee that we only have to make money through the facilities mm. we are willing to give up and let the facility owner or our investor make more money from these facilities because we have a different way of making money on top of this mm. so um, so you mean to say that 20 30% what you make out of that you're willing to forego that because there are other uh, revenue opportunities for you to kind of do that if the and then the customer comes to the court and starts playing yeah so i we don't need to forego the 20 25% mm-hmm. we can stick to that 25 25% we can make our investor partners 20 25% mm-hmm. and we still make on top another 10 15 20% how do you do that through our dig- digital revenues okay so you build i'm assuming digital subscriptions yes. or yes. merchandise or yes. any of that sort on the app base where you kind of monetize the audience which is coming yes, okay. yes. is that live already not yet so okay. that that That's is what your future roadmap yeah. is yes okay that okay. is where we are getting to uh, and the the facility business is not the high risk one right mm-hmm. because it's established for years people have been playing mm-hmm. making a delta change over it mm-hmm. is not a huge challenge considering the way the centers are operated today so that is established so we're sure that that's why we we have the capacity to bring in investing partners because we're sure how much money gets generated our goal is can we do this across the city across 100 150 centers for of badminton alone and then kick start a revenue model which is a digital only like by providing deeper stats analytics about your game which you as a runner now probably value about your run yeah you strava so i understand yeah yeah so can we get to the strava can we bring brands to you which makes sense so there are a lot of lot of different ways that we think we can generate additional uh, income from each of these facilities ultimately we come down to facility and then linking that mm. to facility because it's super hyper local everybody right. plays in that right. particular location so there are ways that we think we can generate 10 to 25% more from each of these locations and that becomes the the software only cost and we don't have any operations cost from it so that is where the cream lies for us mm. right Uh, and if you ask me the question why has this not happened it's it's very important question right um, that's why i say it's a very good question is because why more than i mean if there are facility management companies companies who do i'll take up the sport facility i'll give you a fixed fee i'll operate it i'll make anything on top and lots of companies like that and and have been as well what we are doing or trying to achieve that i i personally have, i have not found an exact replica there are subsets i have seen but the reason why this sort of thing has not happened is because nobody has built it like a video game everybody would probably build it like a video game uh, strava does very yeah. very similar so many game of it yeah why hasn't that happened to racket sports or team sports is because if you look at a video game there is a base some layer of data that comes in on which you run all of your algorithms and figure out what is the skill level of the person who do i match make with and stuff like that that base layer of data doesn't exist mm. the companies who have tried and come and said enter your scores after your game in the app then we'll try doing all of these things so there have been different ways that companies have tried to attack attack this problem but it has been the the user the user although wants 
match making but you can't tell him give me i'll give you match making for 6 months you keep entering your score they're going to do it yeah right so there had to be a better way for us to get game data and to do all of those these okay. things and that's where your uh, smart code uh, hardware installations are exactly. where you're trying to pull the data push it back into your digital platform and yes. then offer that as a bundled version to yes. the yes. end consumer yes right uh, i think the the first thing started as yeah okay we need a smart code we need we need to collect that data hence we need the smart code so we developed this uh, smart code in house uh, smart code essentially means uh, there's a camera there's a television screen on each court there are these uh, tablets and these devices that we give you chooser uh, the reason why we do that is we think if i have to collect your data and i tell you i need your data to match make you again the same story that you will not wait around for 3 4 months for me to create that and come back to you right instead what you would do is you need an instant gratification or something of value to you right now for me for you to use that smart code system right until we go a complete camera based ai based scoring which is we are getting there but we are slightly away from it uh so what we did is we created this smart code tech where the television screen on the court sort of sc- uh, shows your uh, shows your uh, scores while you play the game okay right it's acts like a pseudo referee mm-hmm. calling out the scores while you play there as a referee the voice that says 4 5 service change all of those things it's just to make the game experience itself in court better right but post the game it will give you game videos sliced from the start of the game to the end of the game with the scoreboard on top exact broadcast type the angle of the broadcast we try to achieve the same feel about it that is delivered to you one hour after you finish so i game. can actually go back essentially and watch my own highlights yes. post game and see what i did how yeah. i did and where i can get better yes you can you can watch your videos if you had a funny moment you had a great moment you can click a button to share it to social media and all of these things so Excellent. we added something of value for you to give us that data but we only think that is level 1 where we'll connect your health data if you played with four of your friends we'll tell you who ran the most how much what was happening i can even give you things like what was your heart rate maximum heart rate point click here to watch that video point okay. where your heart rate was the highest so we're getting deeper and deeper every step that we take from here on mm-hmm. we get deeper into this okay but because you play with our smart code i can also start rewarding mm. like we have something called leaderboard in in the in each center mm-hmm. what that essentially is is a most number of play games played leaderboard okay so we don't reward skill yet we don't want to reward skill even in the long term we want to reward activity sure. most number of games so there is a leaderboard in each center which talks about who who are the people who played the most number of games okay Now, not how many people have won. No, okay. it does not matter. Yeah, it's you. It's that you played is more important. Yeah. And why do you think it should not matter? Because that also kind of gives builds back to that. Uh, I mean, don't you think that builds back to that competition angle? That uh, if I have to get better uh, uh, than that person, so I have to win more. If I have to win more, I have to play more, which essentially is good for you because the person is coming back to the court and playing. Oh yes, for sure. But when you add, start adding skill-based leaderboard. the the gulf becomes too high for motivation to still exist mm-hmm. like i mentioned that equal similar skill mm-hmm. level is where you need to operate 
that's where motivation kicks in the gulf becomes too huge mm. for uh, somebody who's started playing the game versus somebody who's playing it for 20 years mm. so that the motivation sort of sort of start, stops to cease so there is ways to do it we have banned people into different things and start giving them uh, skill level leaderboards and things like that but it's slightly far away for us what we are seeing today is we just want to motivate people to stay active at first yeah. get let's build that habit and the competitive part of it by match matchmaking people of similar skill level is already driving that okay at in the court physically although digitally we are not yet doing it, but physically it's already happening and it's, it's 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 very psychological for you to play a game get to 19 points and lose the game and you feel like i have to beat this guy the next time those are the things that naturally exist in a game we don't need to work too hard on that mm. right so the leaderboard essentially what it does is for a way for us to go back and reward with rackets or shoes or t-shirts to the top winners and things so now we're talking about entering the phase of gamification okay and all of this is possible because of the smart code and how we think about it is how do we make people play more and more often right um so all of this leads back to our business model which drives utilization which gives us digital revenues which has not been done before and this all comes from the smart code thanks so i think uh uh so the the proliferation of data and technology uh, certainly builds uh, that uh, unknown uh, enthusiasm and excitement to kind of play more sport and i've seen uh, all of that play even in professional sports right now so we see in cricket also i mean the yeah. the just the the watching uh, yeah. of uh, viewing experience of cricket has kind of evolved a lot just yeah. in past few years and even uh, at the field level also at uh, the playing level itself uh, you know it has evolved even for the players so uh, so i agree to that that i mean uh, that technology uh, inclusion has kind of changed the entire spectrum and yeah. kind of elevated the experience both uh, playing it and uh, getting better at it yeah. so understand the two sides of the business uh, i want to go back and you said in the beginning there was this education business what you do yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the age group business which is more uh, part, uh, participative business right yeah. Yeah. Uh, which has more opportunity both have different objectives in itself yeah one is uh, getting people to play more mm -hmm. another one is getting kids to stick around more mm -hmm. right uh what do we mean by that is My, uh, sorry hmm. I, i would love you to elaborate on that but i also want you to add as a business which has more opportunity you can get back to it um opportunity wise what in in terms of commercial opportunity yeah one cannot exist with, without the other that that essentially why we do both okay and not one uh, to to elaborate a, a sports facility if you have to take over and operate about 60% of the business is generated from sports education right about 40 40 to 45% is generated from um, participation of adults typically now if i take away one it doesn't become feasible for us to take over the center at all commercially feasible to take over the center okay. so i don't then generate the money for the franchise partners or whoever else so it doesn't work instead what we think of is both need to coexist and both have have slightly different problems that need to be solved for each so i was going to about to, uh, that was my next question right yeah. i mean is the problem Uh, what you're trying to solve because these are di different products for you, right? Yeah. Coaching and um, the uh, playing sport as a product, right? Uh, uh, are there any parallels between the 
product which makes you kind of uh, build your own mechanics and optics to then go out and solve both or is that an independent product and you think it has to be independent and there are kind of different opportunities in itself independent in terms of product and who participates and who the customer is mm-hmm. in uh, same product with respect to the tech and everything else that goes behind it mm-hmm. the same smart code technology works as an assistant coach when the coaching hour happens mm-hmm. the same smart code technology works for the participation side of it as well right so both solve different problems but it's the same technology it's the same presence at a particular venue uh, which and it's the same sort of maybe not same digital marketing but yeah marketing similar reach based which gets us to, uh, more people into this into the doors to service them but again both serving apart from the technology backing and the same mobile application and you know this both are different okay but a necessity for us to do Sure. So uh, let's talk about business uh, uh, in the second layer. So two years now since 21, let's say 21 yeah. is where you started going full yeah. blown. Um, in terms of growth, how are you guys in terms of what the metric you're tracking? How many people coming, playing? Is it revenue? Is it the number of centers you're opening? What's your growth number like? Yeah, as we are increasing, look, I, if we had all the capital in the world, we would like, if you are a Facebook and we are able to raise money like facebook in its early days we would fully focus on building the digital part only and then take it to our customers but um, we have the opportunity to sort of generate income from these facilities and then also develop this digital part of it and then we'll have a customer base to take our digital too also so with respect to traction what we measure right now our primary focus has been to make sense for this facilities to work, which we are looking to scale, mm-hmm. right? Uh, of course, with scale comes a better way or better revenues at these facilities as well. But primarily, if a facility has to be taken over and operated, that needs to be fortified for us. So we started build, taking over this. We, we, we took on, we're at six facilities in Bangalore right now. We did the four in the last couple of months. Okay. And focus has been to generate income at these facilities because that becomes a foundation layer for our franchise partners to understand and for us not to have, not to own facilities on our own, but build Build you as a tech player or efficient player to come and increase their revenue. Yes. Yes. And on an average, how many, what, what kind of revenue lines are you making for each of these centers right now? We make between, depending on uh, the kind of unit that is. Uh, there could be a multi-sport unit like a badminton, football, tennis, uh, or it could be a single sport unit like a single swimming pool or a badminton court. So we target to make between uh, 1 to 2 lakh rupees per court per month. Uh, that is the revenue per court basis. That you are making separately? Yes. Uh, as, as a company, what you are making? No, as, a, as a, from the facility side of it, from okay. the fa- for the facility. Okay. And for swimming business, we make about 10 to 12 lakhs per month from the a single swimming pool. Okay. Now, after costs, uh, including the rent and our fra- for our franchise partners, this would mean uh, when we take on existing facilities, they recover their capital investment at the maximum in two years Okay. Uh, or even faster. Like the one we took up, uh, there's a company called Foundry Wellness who's our franchise partners. Um, so they uh, have committed to do 10 or 12 such facilities and they take up these infrastructures 
they have already got their investment back from the swimming business that that they uh, started okay. and this is two and a half months mm-hmm. so in certain cases we are able to generate a lot more based on the type of opportunity that comes up um, so we we are targeting this this number is one to two lakh rupees uh, revenue per court of badminton per month uh, and that leaves us so if you look at it collectively six court uh, currently we are at about 18 to 19 lakhs rupees a month in game theory revenues 30 35 lakhs in uh, overall, overall your gross gross sales per month. yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, so you raised money in yeah. this company unlike your first uh, we bootstrapped <laughs> yeah. uh, how much money you raised uh, we raised uh, about half a million dollars slightly less than half a million dollars when but was this this was 2019 2020 okay okay yeah. And uh, are you raising more capital now? Yes, in fact, we are. We've just started okay. uh, raising capital. Uh, we were waiting because we had to build out the technology pieces there. So we did a lot of tests with respect to these facilities. We went out and tried to be only a deck player, installed a smart court, and said, "You know what? You operate the facility. It's yours. You figure out." And he figured out that it doesn't work that way because the people operating the centers were not committed enough to the facility itself as one person who was handling it. So he took a step back and then we realized we have to build coaching now because we have to take over the center. So then we built coaching as a service. So there's a smart code enabled coaching. It generates drills and videos of your child who plays in the court and sends it to you as a parent. You're on a one-on-one group with a coach talking about coaches giving constant feedback. And there's also progress reports. Like if you do a forehand drop three months back as part of your drill, and you do it yesterday, I can combine those two videos and show you visible progress, right? Mm-hmm. You can see three months back versus today. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Right? And there's a whole bunch of progress reports that come baked into this, this coaching product. So we built that entire coaching product and we've now deployed it okay. uh, across facilities. So now we're sort of, we're still firefighting a little bit of operations sure. as we expanded to four and it was like, we didn't think of staffing earlier. I don't know why, but um, now that we have built capacity in all sorts of ways, now we're thinking to grow to the next hundred facilities across the city okay. in a phase manner, of course. Okay. Um, so that is why we're looking to raise capital and also finish building out the product. So. The capital that we are raising is not to be invested in facilities. We don't think we need investment into facilities. And the kind of revenue that we are generating, are, I think our franchise partners will be more than happy to invest in how many ever we ask them sure. to. Um, you are already giving them uh, yeah. ROI. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we are fairly certain that you know they will not even think twice. They, they might themselves might do 20, 30 centers. And these are not you know individuals. These are companies who are, whose core business is this. Right, franchising yeah. centers. So uh, we will build more such partners. We don't want to do with individuals. We mm-hmm. want to build with franchise partners who can give us 15, 20, 25 facilities across the city or an entire city with 100 facilities. So that that side of it will not require investment from our, our mm-hmm. end operations mm-hmm. or whatever else. That is self-sustaining thing. Centrally, we want to raise capital right now to build out all of these product features that we have sort of touched upon right now. We need to build that skill matchmaking. We have done a lot of tests in terms of building algorithms for identification of skill level. The problem is identification of skill level. Then I can actually build build on any gaming server possible, uh, similar to what video games are built on. Um, I can choose to use Microsoft gaming servers and try to build on top of that, the matchmaking of other services. But the critical element is building all of those things, testing out a lot is about communities that we spoke about. We need to create, like if you are, if you're ever building this for running, I would come to you and say, hey, 
you be our community captain like you know what if you run at 5 pm every single day in your i will tell you you are the captain of your particular community in whitefield well wherever you live so that you will be able to drive more people to play in that mm. location so there are lots of things that we need to do okay and all of this goes towards that okay right. uh, no great so uh, good luck uh, with your fundraise yeah. uh, i think uh, it's, it's exciting to see what you're building so i'm sure um, and you've already validated by having a set of investors already on board so yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a very good um, playbook what you've created which should excite the new investors coming uh so carrying around, so uh, the kind of business what you're building, I've, I've kept on thinking that the coaching business in particular, uh, there have been this old, uh, I mean, the cultural uh, approach uh, largely has been that, you know, you look at the great sportsmen uh, and you say that if they can teach, our child can be good yeah, at that sport. Yeah. And largely that's been the uh, pedagogy or the uh, format which is followed. If you look yeah. at most of, uh, you know, uh, elite professional sportsmen, yeah, yeah. cricket, football, uh, badminton, tennis, uh, either uh, once they're off their professional career or during uh, the active uh, last few years of the professional career, they will open an academy, yeah. right? Uh, which kind of brings uh, that credential and yeah. therefore every parent would want to say that, okay, if I have to name, you could go to PV Sandhu yeah, uh, sure. Academy or Gopichand Academy or, uh, you know, some cricketer academy and so forth, right? Do you think those academies are a potential competition to you or they are like a partner to you? How do you kind of see that yeah. merging together? Yeah, great question again, because how we think of this tech product and the coaching that we are doing today is very different from how we think of it about, about all of this in the future. Um, there are phases to this coaching product in our heads. Um, today we run coaching because we want a perfect way to perfect our product uh, maybe it will never be perfect, but at least get to a point where parents are getting what they want. We also, if you can take, take a step back from here to understand why are we doing this? Why are we building a coaching product? Do we just want to throw technology at parents? That's, that's not the reason why we're thinking about this. First thing, it starts from the fact that parents don't have enough understanding of what their child is doing or how they're progressing in a class. Uh, that is what my problem was too. I went into different sports at different points. That is still happening. In a, in our country, there is no culture of sticking to one sport because we don't treat it as education. Saying, I'll go do some activity, we come back, go do another activity. It's an extracurricular activity. Yes. Not a primary activity. Extracurricular yeah. activity, right? So it's never an, been about education. So now we want to, we want to educate parents that if you stick if you keep your child in this particular sport for quite some time in there, if they're progressing well, you see it, then you choose to keep them in that sport for a long term basis. Without this data, how will they know that their child is progressing? What is the motivation for them to keep them in the same sport? So that's a leap from the traditional education system, right? I mean, yeah. uh, you track uh, the grades of the kids, you go to yeah. the parent-teachers meeting uh, yeah. every quarterly, the yes. teacher tells you whether they're good or bad, yeah. which allows them to understand whether the kid is doing good in that particular subject or okay. what, and then therefore after, uh, I think, 10th and 12th, then you can uh, choose what particular stream you have to uh, yes. uh, you know pick on. So you're trying to kind of marry yes. the same approach here. Yes. Is that what you're yes. doing? Yes, yeah. 100%. So I think visibility in what's happening yeah. makes things a little more important in the eyes of parents. Yeah. Right. So we're getting to that first. 
uh, everything else what is taught in class um everything else is important very very important and i think our focus remains to be creating a great program and once we have solved this particular problem then we will think of ways to work with all of the pvc in the world who create their academy sure. or we create our own academy with a backing of somebody like them who would come in uh, with a brand presence that would give us brand presence like that so something very similar is what we are doing to for sure. something but we'll come we can come to that sure. uh, but essentially the product is very important for even all of these people because this habit of sh- jumping sports needs to change and that's where this product becomes very important yeah. so what holds in the future that we we can open this for any of the coaches to utilize to sort of have the same experience across uh right and you yeah that's <laughs> yeah no i i uh, no i i would agree to the this fact that look if you can't measure it you can't manage it yeah. right so either you're learning to uh, uh develop your skill or you're playing it to get better to to achieve a certain uh, achieve a milestone yeah. you got to measure it yes. uh, right uh, else you don't know and yeah. i think that is where uh, going back to the original uh, you know uh, this is what we were discussing why fitness in the traditional system didn't kind of stick yeah. around that you were not able to measure what you were doing yeah. you just have to show up yeah. the only thing what you were measuring is looking at yourself on the mirror okay. or on the weighing scale and seeing whether the weight is going down or yeah. you're looking better or slimmer yeah. but that's a very very vanity driven uh, uh, approach which doesn't built into that intrinsic uh, uh, motivation or stickiness for you to continue so yes. con- continuity doesn't get spilled yeah. right so yeah. uh, no i'm i'm an absolute advocate of uh, you know that approach yeah. and uh, glad that you guys are uh, working seems to be working in first principles yeah. and good luck for building all of that out um what what is the biggest risk for your business today what will make you kind of uh, i mean i hope it doesn't happen but what would make you uh, close down i think the biggest uh, risk because we have pos- positioned ourselves that way right now um is not able to generate more revenues at each of these facilities as of now what you promising to your what, uh, what we are promising center partners to yeah center partners so that is one huge risk um i think the the way we look at this is it's not about making money from it from that, those facilities right now we the the product roadmap for us is very important because this sort of a sports is something that doesn't change culturally from culture to culture the problem with sports remain the same whether you are in south india north india outside of india wherever else everybody faces the same issues with sports so while we build this product at a facility level by facility by facility now we always know that this is something that should apply wherever any part of the globe so can we ship a smart code with a camera box and to any part of the world and gamify that particular country we'll still be location centric but there is lot more to do and i think while we go four months back if you had asked me this question not raising capital would have been the problem we could, we could shut down as not anymore after we added centers we started making money enough to sustain we are we are profitable last month um so we could we'll con- probably continue to be profitable hopefully touch wood no that's but, a great achievement yeah kudos to kudos yeah. to that yeah yeah so it's it's not the money but it's yeah the risk lies in not achieving sure. revenues the kind of re- revenues for the facility owners yeah so uh, 
So sticking on that, so uh, isn't it uh, a two? It's a two two different problems. It's because a if you go after the fact that you have to make help your revenue, uh, you know, center partners make more money, and then kind of back engineer that will allow you to solve it differently than b if you're also seeing that how how do I make people more fit? Because the way uh, you you know the way you try to solve a problem for making people. Uh, stay active and fit would be very different to say that here I want to make uh, people uh, money. Or do you think it kind of joins somewhere in center where you have a uh, uh, you know kind of a uh, clarity that okay you do fix this and both will get addressed? Yeah. Is that how it is? It's uh, almost I I feel it's a perfect loop that luckily came together mm-hmm. um, because think about it if I make it a click of a button for you to join a game. At a particular center of hours, where you pay X amount of money to go in, no business across the city and in none of these facilities are generating income in the afternoon hours of the mm-hmm. So and it doesn't happen anytime, right? Because it doesn't age happen. groupers are in office and kids are in school. Yeah. So between I would assume ten to three, it's inactive. Yeah, ten to four almost, right? Yeah. Um, but there are people. You do if you go to the gym, you'll find few people. Mm-hmm. Three, four, five, six, seven, mm-hmm. ten people. In some cases, there are people who are free at that point of time. There are like you were. You've had a tough day. You have a, a an hour gap in the afternoon before lunch or after lunch. You just want to go and get a game. It's impossible today. Mm-hmm. We are going to make it possible. Our leaderboards. If I add a reward, will push people to play more, which will mean more booking to the facility. But is so, it good? Uh, you know, uh, interesting you bring. But is it? Good and healthy because what you're saying is, look, if I want to swim and I have one hour, I don't have to worry about anything. I can just go out and do. But now here, if I want to play badminton, I of course need a partner. Now, uh, I mean, the odds of having someone uh, free at during that ten uh, to three are high, so there would be people. But then the fact that if you build a leaderboard, then it just kind of builds into that. Gamified system that I have to go at odd times and play just because I want to keep getting better. Is that is that like a healthy me- mechanics to kind of build it? Because which would mean? And I'll tell you why I say this because uh, since I've been part of Strava and I've seen uh, the product yeah. evolve and the consumer behavior evolve. Uh, Strava has this thing about leaderboard. Yeah, uh, you can make clubs, and uh, the leaderboard has leaderboard has a very one metric that is the number of kilometers you run yeah. Yeah. on a weekly basis. Yeah, right. And uh, I had had seen being part of few groups. I saw that uh, they would have these leader leaderboard uh, activation uh, programs where they will say that okay, who has got how much of mileage every week, uh, and it would be like hundred kilometer, one fifty kilometer, whatever, right? So the leaderboard resets on uh, let's say on Sunday, right? So Sunday afternoon, the guy who said. Hundred kilometer, and the second guy might be a ninety fifth kilometer. He would think that no, I want to get better and a B one. So I would just quickly go back at you know seven pm evening and do a six kilometer yeah. so that I become one one and I am on top. Yeah. And that I found to be not healthy because yeah. okay, and given that okay, the run you do it will burn your calories, but that's not an healthy mechanism yeah. because now you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, right. So yeah, so going back to that point, so will that be good? I, it will be good to you for as a business, but will it be good to the uh, the, the the overall the system? What you trying yeah. to build? Yeah. No, you're you're right. Um, it in extreme cases, like extremely pushing people to that point, is not going to be good for people. Like 
you don't want you to play five games in the morning five games after that and five games another five games and do 25 games in a day just to and they get win. injured and they probably yeah. lose your customer yeah to to get to that point uh we don't know how the dynamics for this particular sport will play out hmm. we take away the reward if, if that comes to that um but we we will probably deal with it at the point where okay. we face it. but we are cognitive of this that this could lead push people in in a way where um, um the, the the results might be not be something that we would like so there are remedial actions that we can take off the leaderboard change it to uh, change a few sure. few ways to make it work the way we want to we will get to that sure uh, but the 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 point being this particular all the products lines that we are talking about lead to higher utilization of the facility leads to kids sticking around longer and hence the retention rates being longer yeah uh, for coaching the hence the facilities performance going up why we are focused now with our fundraise to build the product is because that leads back to this sure yeah. we are doing this fine already which is the running of operating the facility and generating revenues from it we can get better for sure but uh, we are doing it to a pretty decent degree we are trying to get more and more people aware about what we are doing um because since we've just come out it's been a couple of months not even two months since we've started all of these um and expanding um, we've just people are just getting aware of it so sure. over a period of time i think the both tying in together uh, the digital portion of it pushing the physical portion of it negates that risk and that's the focus that's why the focus now yeah yeah i think the long term is very important for us where we get to from here is that we want to be this company where we are a smart coat box in a box and it just gets shipped wherever and the entire gamification happens in whichever like tomorrow hyderabad should be a camera being shipped in multiple coat setup and then all of these features come alive in that city where everybody can click and play mm. like how you just show up at the gym we want you to just click sure. and show up yeah yeah no yeah so no i'm very excited uh, i think you spoke about the future uh, the road map in terms of product uh, of course you're raising money so uh, potential investors were uh, listening and watching please reach out uh, uh, and um, now i'm very excited to how you go about and uh, build this out uh, and solve uh, this big problem uh, that is uh, making people yeah. stay fit and active and i think that's fundamentally uh, what uh, we are excited at inmatter health uh, is to uh, talk about uh, such builders uh, like you and your team uh, and brands like gamecary uh, because uh, we need innovation around this space uh, for more and more people i mean uh, look there are options uh, for different people there are gyms for some people some people can play sport some people can do yoga but we need innovators yes to build this solution uh, and be available uh, not just for because as a country alone we have different uh, cohorts of uh, you know people right so yeah. there has to be solution for all different so i'm very excited for the future what you're building and and um, yeah as a closing note so um, as a founder as a two time founder yeah. now uh, uh, i don't know if i have to call you a serial entrepreneur no. but you are definitely uh, an experienced founder um for everyone out there who might be thinking about building something in the health and fitness solution yeah. uh, what would you have to say i mean in terms of whatever you have learned over these many years yeah. uh, uh what would they have to keep in mind if they had to go out and build something uh for helping people yeah. stay fit and healthy i think generally about building in this space 
means a longer time required to build it means a lot of grit and a lot of hustle uh, because this is not uh, an industry that is investors darling uh, at least not now i don't know how long it will take uh, um, but uh, that's that's the reason i feel it takes a lot of effort to build in this space uh, so grit uh, and hustle is something that i talk about internally i i, I always say if you put in the right effort um, and keep going at it there is a light at the end of the tunnel because that's what i experienced at at the end of it with with stride maybe i'm wrong but it happened to me there um, so that is something those are the two things that are that are very important for me but uh, apart from this in this sector specifically there are so many especially fitness as a sector there's so many things that have been tried uh, and and tested over or a period of time and there was somebody there was somebody few months back who came to me for uh, for advice on building something in the fitness space and there are also low hanging fruits and it is important to identify those low hanging fruits uh, for uh, to build a company let's if you are thinking of building the same thing a different way it's hard because at the first principle level we need to understand that fitness will be boring what is the need of the customer you can't do another um you know um peloton uh, you can't do the same things because first principles level working out by yourself is going to get boring how are going to address it at that point of time or well, there are so many different categories right physiotherapy people still struggle with physiotherapy at home or wherever else they, they don't know how to perform them so too many different things in this segment is large sure but figuring it out means getting down to the first principle and really understanding from the customers what what is wrong and not just one or two but multiple others i think getting down on the ground is easy in this industry like than other industries because people go to gyms and all you need is a day pass to talk yeah. to 20 people so yeah yeah i think no yeah yeah no exciting and very resourceful thank you for that i mean um Uh, so i i first personally feel and also at rain matter uh, the reason why we are excited is look a uh, as a uh, as a country uh, you know we are still largely a spectator audience mm-hmm. in yeah. terms of sports like i mean cricket alone if you see in if you combined audience it would be massive uh, but in terms of participatory perspective we are not there yeah. uh, you know uh, yeah. bearing one or two sports yeah. uh, we are not there as a country yeah. and it kind of shows up uh, both in terms of our ability to perform at high level in a uh, lot of sports beyond of course cricket because we are the i mean we are we are the only country in the world uh, where and therefore we call the cricketing yeah. nation but beyond that we are not there in yeah. any sport yeah. right yeah. so therefore that lacks and that shows up in of course in olympics and world championships and all of that and also it shows up in our health index and our fitness index right yeah. because yeah. Uh, most of the sporting ability fizzles down once you move out of your school yeah. or your college and people don't kind of uh, have that continuity so Yeah. Uh, so and therefore i think uh, it's a problem it's a genuine problem yeah. and i think more and more people should pick up that as a category to go out and solve yeah. and um, very excited for uh, what you're doing at game theory yeah. uh, uh, good luck for that to your team uh, so if uh, people listening watching if they had to reach out to you yeah. uh, to you uh, and to try out your product uh, yeah. where would you want to direct you could direct them your website yeah. your app store your social media where do you want to direct yeah, them yeah we are we are on gametheory.in um that's g a m e t h e o r y .in 
um from there you can get all the links and go to any place uh, whether it's facebook or to see what we're doing what's new or uh, coming downloading our app and coming to our centers and knowing where we are and joining one of our programs or coming in and playing and having fun with us um so yeah i think we, we the point here is to involve as many people as possible in sports uh, getting people playing in some form so watch out for some events that we will start doing which are super fun just to engage we love playing come and join us is the whole motto behind it so i think everybody watching this um you should come and play with us at least if not you're going to our centers and playing no yeah super excited uh, thank you uh, sudeep yeah. uh, for taking time and uh, having this conversation uh, uh, great knowing about what you're building uh, your background of course uh, and um, and you were telling me you have a 2 year old son yeah. now so does the uh, uh, does the young champ uh, now know that his father is into <laughs> fitness easy picking uh, picking uh, sporting and fitness uh, antics uh, is he something coming up in him he, he sees some uh, he sees videos of me doing burpees and tries to do it uh, wow. on the table yeah. or sometimes we we end up doing rolls together of the yeah. bed are you using as a prop for your crossfit <laughs> <laughs> i did actually one year back okay <laughs> but now Not i'm stopped yeah. he's, yeah. he's strong enough to wiggle out and yeah, jump that, out this is a scary age, i yeah. can understand no no that's yeah. super fun uh, sudeep have this conversation i uh, i think uh, you know kind of repeating myself that the idea is to kind of create this platform where yeah. more and more uh, builders in this category can come and yeah. share their experience and also uh, kind of be kind of unpack uh, you know how we can make this mainstream yeah so thank you for taking your time yeah. it was super fun and um, uh, yeah wish you wish you all the best no thank thank you because um, i think this is a great initiative um, i think uh health by itself is such a large thing and so often ignored easy to ignore right um you feel sad you ignore you feel happy you ignore health is the one that's taking the beating all the time like celebrate you have drinks you're sad you, you don't work out that's the last thing that comes to your head but this is a great initiative and i think uh, i should be thankful because um us talking about game theory we speak about it only internally between us and it's the first time we're coming out and speaking about it so much um and I, i really thank you for this initiative and this opportunity to letting us come and tell our story here <laughs> no pleasures uh, uh, all mine uh, good luck to you uh, yeah and uh, we'll we'll see you soon uh, again in the future uh, and talk more about the growth what yeah, you've built sure. so hope so good luck <laughs> thank you all right thank you so uh, yeah that was sudeep uh, kulkarni uh, co-founder of uh, game theory uh, who's trying to make the extracurricular Uh, activity or sport to primary activity and no more extra uh, i hope you had fun watching or listening what sudeep is building and uh, strongly encourage you to go and try out game theory uh, download the app go to the center and uh, enjoy playing uh, a sport and uh, let me know in your comment uh, or reach out to me and uh, how did you find this episode uh, was it useful uh, tell me your experience if you had tried game theory and uh, we'll come back again uh, in the next episode with uh, another founder building uh, another great interesting startup in the health and wellness category and uh, see you soon thank you